Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Saints.com on in the first hour of the show said you can pretty much expect Andy Dalton most likely out there. And the other part of that wolf is pretty good chance based on what we have seen in the first six weeks. You might see some Taysom Hill out there too. That's the Saints are an odd team to prepare for if you're a defense. Yeah, there's no doubt um, you're going to see Taysom Hill and you're going to see here it comes the zone read. You're going to see Taysom Hill go out there, maybe even up-tempo. Maybe that's what you'll see them do. They love to do it from time to time. The Saints offense, of course, an elite. I'm going to call them an elite offense in terms of running the ball. It's what they do. They average 151.5 yards per game rushing the ball. Think about that, man. That's a lot of rushing yards right there. That's number seven in the National Football League. And then, of course, they average 5.35 yards per carry, which is good for number three in the National Football League. These guys pound the line of scrimmage, and they do a lot of it with Taysom Hill uh, taking the direct snap and running a lot of the RPOs and zone reads. Well, I'll tell you, this this stat... uh Wolf's Playbook for Dummies. Zone read. Quarterback and running back running the inside zone with the quarterback reading the end man on the line of scrimmage. Slam it, Mel. <laughs> Slam that book. This stat is, uh, maybe this shouldn't surprise me, Wolf, but so I'm just going to ask you. At first, looking at the Saints, okay? Their leading rusher, Alvin Kamara, 302 yards on the ground. Two tu- uh, no touchdowns, actually, on the ground for Kamara. He's got him through the air. 302 rushing yards in uh, in four games for him. Taysom Hill's second on the team with 267 rushing yards yeah. and five touchdowns, five touchdowns on the ground. Yes. And that the part that really surprises me, that means Taysom Hill has more rushing yards than anybody on the Cardinals, to put it in perspective. Kyler Murray's the, the Cardinals' leading rusher yeah. with 233 yards. It doesn't feel like it. Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, with James Conner all banged up as well, you know, that's the problem. Um, that really, it's amazing because we don't talk enough about that. When James Conner got banged up um, the first, what, seven, ten games of the season there, how well the Arizona Cardinals offense was clicking, of course, with D-Hop and James Conner, and then all of a sudden the injury bug really hit home. And it totally changed the Arizona Cardinals offense last year. James Conner, once again, not being the force that um, we have seen him be, um, it definitely has hurt this offense going forward as well. But Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints, they know how to pound the football, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to test the Arizona Cardinals first before they start throwing the ball. Uh, here's Vance Joseph on defending Taysom Hill. And he's still doing those same things. I mean, he had two yards rushing like in Seattle and like four touchdowns. So that's that's a problem because he can throw the ball. So it's not really Wildcat. It, it looks like Wildcat. It presents that way sometimes. But he's also playing tight end. He's also playing some slot receiver, I guess they call it. But um, he, he's a chore. You know, they have a plan to stop him as a runner and as a thrower. You know, I mean, you can't always load it up and play across the board zeros with the quarterback running game because he he can't throw the football. So we'll see how it uh, comes out on Thursday. He's obviously dangerous, Wolf, because I think for a while 
the Saints' insistence on having Taysom Hill and at times trying to make him a quarterback, and he's a nightmare in fantasy football because you can play him at tight end for some reason. I think a lot of people thought that that was Sean Payton's thing. Like, oh, this is Sean Payton's guy. This is his project. He wants to make this work. Sort of like people thought the Cardinals uh, with with Chris Strebler there for a little bit. Uh, But Sean Payton's not the coach anymore, and they still have Taysom Hill, and he's been a monster because five rushing touchdowns, I don't care what position you're playing, that's dangerous. And the fact that he can also just throw the ball sometimes, too, he's going to be a problem on Thursday night if you let him be. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, man. Uh, the guy is for real, and I do consider him more running back than quarterback. Yeah, he is. Just watching him play. A guy they move around and he mixes it up. He's a football player that happens to play quarterback. He, he is. He feels like a football player from like the the 40s or something where it's like, oh, yeah, I could I could throw the ball forward if I have to, but I'm just going to run. Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting, too, especially when you know how banged up the wide receiver room is for the New Orleans Saints as well, right? Jarvis Landry, right? Um, you're not going to have a guy that is that integral, of course, to your offense and Michael Thomas. This guy is the end-all, be-all in terms of their receiver. And the fact that you've got these guys that probably aren't going to be out there on the field, that hurts them huge. And that's why I think we'll see a lot of Taysom Hill. Chris Olave, that was the other thing John DeShazier said, even though he didn't give you a good Cajun food recommendation, he did say Chris Olave probably will be back out there. And uh, Chris Olave is the guy I wanted in the draft for the Cardinals. Now, he was not there, so it's not like they would have been able to draft him, but in the league, the weeks leading up to the draft when we were doing all the different mock drafts, remember we did the draft for, uh, we did the whole first round throughout the, the three shows. We just kept passing picks back and forth. Olave's the guy I was hoping would drop to the Cardinals. Chris Olave. Wide receiver, Ohio State. When Alave is on the field, he's the definition of a weapon. This six-foot wide receiver who ran a 4-3-9-40 uses his fluidity to make himself a threat anywhere he plays. Olave does need to add some strength, but his skills more than make up for his slider frame. In 12 starts for the Buckeyes last season, he caught 65 passes for 936 yards while recording 13 touchdowns. If you need a spark to your offense, this Ohio State product could be the conductor. His NFL comparison, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, all due respect to Terry McLaurin, I think he's going to be better. Uh, just uh, He was amazing at Ohio State. I don't like Ohio State. So that's tough for yeah. me to say. And he's been pretty good when he's been on the field for the Saints this year. Maybe, though, maybe it was the fact that Jem did the draft capsule, and he just sells you on it. Jem could be like, this This punter should be taking him the first Seriously. round. Seriously. What are you doing? Draft him now. <laughs> Why are you still listening to this? Chris Olave. You know, I mean, honestly. You're he's right, good, though, Jem. You're right. Chris Olave, this guy can ball out. But once again, the receiver room is a mess for the New Orleans Saints right now. I don't think Michael Thomas is going to play. I don't think Jarvis Landry is going to play. Well, we're going to see then. If you if it's that simple that you could just put Byron Murphy, for the most part, on Olave and take him out of the— I mean, they've been able to take the other team's best offensive weapon out of the game every week except week one. Yeah. And that was a tight end. And a quarterback. Yes. Um, Olave, 42 targets through his first five NFL games. For a rookie? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's huge. They have a lot but of confidence It also speaks to how many guys they're missing. That's true. In terms of playing. So that wide receiver room is a mess. It's one of the reasons why I think we'll see a lot of Taysom Hill.
All right, we come back. How many wins should we expect the Suns to get this season, and just how different will this team look when they hit the floor tonight? We're going to ask the Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports, Kevin Ray. He joins us next. It's the first edition of Game Day with K Ray for the 2022-23 season, and it's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cash it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke brings the boom and catching bodies on his way to the rack. Game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. It's official now, Wolf. It's officially Suns basketball season. Kevin Ray joining us right now for the first installment of Game Day with K Ray. He's joining us via the Arizona Sports Line. K Ray, what's going on? Hey, in the uh, in the prophetic words of uh, a good friend of mine, how you doing? <laughs> We're doing good, Jake. <laughs> We're doing great, man. It's time to tip off the season. K Ray, good friends with uh, Joey Tribbiani, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> All right, K. Let's uh, let's just let's start. Let's go big picture. Coming into this season, we'll get to the Mavericks in a second. But just coming into this season, to me, I look at tonight as a chance for the Suns to start putting the way last season ended behind them, and kind of a weird off season. And by kind of, I mean a very weird off season uh, behind them. What do you, what do you see just from this team as they take a step forward now this year? Yeah, look, you know, it, it, it's no doubt been a very interesting, uh, you know, some would call it a bumpy, rocky, uh, tumultuous off season, and a lot of people have, have talked about, you know, oh my gosh, the the concern about the vibe, and then they lost to the Thirty Sixers, and everybody was concerned about their fragile psyche losing to the Thirty Sixers, and it's just. When you're around this team, you quickly realize that none of that has affected them really in the least. Um, and it just speaks to, you know, the kind of people and, and players that, uh, that James and, and Monty have put in here. And I know Suns fans desperately want a win tonight in order to right the wrong that they feel that took place in losing the playoff series. Look, here's the thing. A win tonight doesn't go back and, and change the outcome of the series. And, you know, Mikhail and Cam Johnson, two guys, uh, was down to practice yesterday that talked about it. And, well, look, they acknowledged, yeah, it it, it, it sucked. Um, and I think it was Mikhail said, you know, it really sucked because you got to wear that for a while. But they've turned the page. A win tonight was certainly, I think, help ease some of that sting for the Suns fans' perspective. But, you know, you do have to keep it into perspective knowing that it is one of 82. Uh, but that being said, they're fired up. They they understand the way the NBA works, much like the NFL. You know, it is about marketing and hype and uh, not a big surprise that the NBA put the Suns and Mavs tipping off the season together here on, uh, you know, 2022. Okay, can I ask you a personal question? <laughs> Please do. What are you doing? What am I doing? Yeah, what are you doing right now? Uh, I'm just I'm hanging out uh, at a at a car dealership at the moment, Wolf. 
Are you walking around? What are you doing? You're walking. Are you telling people pick that up? What are you doing, Kay? I mean, uh, I'm 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 washing cars this morning. I had some free time because you know we're not doing the telecast tonight, uh, and uh, I've, I've got a friend over here at the car dealership. Uh, they were down a couple people, and so he called and said, "Can you help us run some cars through the uh, the car wash?" I said, "Absolutely, I'd be happy to." Yeah, so, okay, that's that. great. Look you know, it Kay sounds Ray like good you. things. Exactly. We're talking to Kevin Ray here on the Wolf and Luke show. Let, let me just. You know, Devin Booker, of course, said, listen, this is one of 82. That's what it is. And then Cam came in and said, vindication. <laughs> he said, vindication. We had it against the Milwaukee Bucks, and he was implying that, you know, what this would be vindication against the Dallas Mavericks. To your point right now, I love the combination of those two things, Kay, because you've got a guy like Book who's mature, smoldering maturity, no doubt about it. And then you've got the youth and Cam Johnson saying vindication, <laughs> kind of like what we did against the Milwaukee bucks this is one of the reasons why i think this team is going to be special again this year just the blend of the old and the new the the mature and the youth of this team i love it even though cam johnson is developing into a veteran right now i expect this team to go out and win 62 games somewhere in there maybe 58 games okay if you know, you want to get conservative Maybe I'm on not it. Higher on the Suns. What than about you, Kay? How many games do you think they can win? You know, I, I I always hate throwing out you know predictions and numbers at, at the beginning of a season. Uh, but I understand, you know, that the fans all you know love that and everything. I just I look at this team and I look at the way they you know just approached last season and 64 wins, best record in franchise history, best record in the league, you know, top seed, home court advantage. And look, it's it's all a part of the learning process, including with you know this this coaching staff. Um, and I think that while they they loved getting to achieve that last year, you know what they learned, like a lot of other teams in the past have learned, is like it guarantees you nothing. And so you know if if you're asking me to throw out an arbitrary number, I'll say probably you know fifty five, fifty five, maybe fifty seven wins. Um, and, I, and I've said this to a number of people. It's like I fully expect Monty and his coaching staff to experiment more with lineups and kind of game plans more than they, they have um, since Monty took over. And that's just a, a byproduct of the lessons learned both in the regular season the last couple of years and the playoffs the last two years. And what I would you know just remind Suns fans is that those that experimentation could lead to some regular season losses, but that's why you have to look at the big picture. And and I've also said this that that I think the team that we're starting out with tonight is not the team that we'll see you know in terms of one through fifteen, one through seventeen on the roster come mid-April before the playoffs start. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball, but I just feel like the way this team is constructed and what their their plans and goals are, um, that, that this is a team they'll be looking to to potentially make some moves. And that's the Jay Crowder stuff aside. Well, that would be my next question. We're talking to Kevin Ray of Valley Sports. Uh, it's game day with K-Ray. Uh, K-Ray, do you, think, do you think this team is going to have a clear-cut sixth man by the time they get to the playoffs? And if so, do you think he's on the roster right now? A lot of people think it's campaign. That almost feels like it might be campaign by default unless he goes out there and really earns it here in the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I think you have to have uh, somebody at that point, Luke, and, and it, it might be campaign. You know, I think that we all, including Cam himself, are looking for him for a big bounce back season after a very disappointing last year. And, you know, those were, were his words, uh, not just mine. Uh, Landry Shannon is another one who is looking for, you know, a big bounce back. It's unfortunate that we won't get to see him tonight uh, because I think those two guys – you know, to from a professional perspective, understand that they are, you know, under the microscope. Um, and look, I'll just I'll say this, and I've got no one or nothing other than just kind of my gut that says I wouldn't also be surprised if ninety nine is back on the roster at some point, guys. See, interesting. And, and, I and I know that sounds, I know that may, may sound crazy. Again, I've got nothing other than just kind of my gut. But look, it wasn't the Suns that kind of drew the line in the sand. And the way that this team operates uh, from the executives to the players, it wouldn't stun me in the least if within the next week or two, with the season going, Jay and, and his people getting a clear understanding of what the market value is for him, that he's like, Okay, I think I'd rather be hooping with these guys than sitting out for another, you know, month, two months. So just putting that out there, got nothing to base that on other than just kind of my my intuition, if you will. Sold, if that happens <laughs> right there. Honestly, I think that would be an excellent thing for this team if that indeed did happen right there. That'd be fantastic, man. That and they would welcome him back off. with open arms. That's yes. just, again, that's just, just it's the way these guys are. They, You heard Mikel say yesterday, I mean, like, he loves 9-9. And, you know, he hates that he's not here. But he also understands that it's a business. So I'm glad you brought that up, Kay, because we have talked about that a little bit on this show, but we both kind of looked at each other like, are we ridiculous to even <laughs> bring this up? But, but it, like you said, it's not that the Suns said, get out of here. He was kind of the one that drew the line in the sand. And, and is there another contender he's going to go to and automatically start? I, maybe, but it doesn't seem like it. No. Well, look, the, the good news is we can all jump on the crazy car together, right? Yes. <laughs> no, you know what's amazing about it? Of course, we, the Webflower here, put together a season preview. You know, he asked you these roundtable, these roundtable questions. And one of them was, you know, what kind of trade would you like them to see uh, pull off for Jay Crowder? And I basically said, you know what? Forget the trade. I'd love to see Jay Crowder stay right here. The possibility of Jay Crowder staying right here, coming to his senses. We'll see if that happens, but I'm with you on that one, Kay. Yeah. Kevin, thanks a lot, man. We'll do this uh, quite often this season, so we uh, we appreciate uh, the time. I'm looking forward to it, fellas. Have a good one. Enjoy right, the car wash, Kay. <laughs> Will do. It's Kevin Ray joining us right there for Game Day with Kay Ray. He does it uh, every weekday. Man, that jacked me up right there. Yeah, and I, I'm glad to hear somebody other than you and I say it, because I just felt not that I think it's going to happen, but I don't think it's off the table completely and it doesn't sound like maybe it is off the table completely uh text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620 620 right now we come back what should you be watching for when the cardinals take on the saints tomorrow on thursday night football we're going to tell you next with what will wolf watch it's the wolf and luke show on arizona sports the local sports leader wolf and luke arizona sports the local sports leader This is the strangeness of Thursday night football. The game's tomorrow, Wolf. <laughs> game's in like, uh, what, 20, like 30 hours. So quick turnaround, maybe, maybe that's a good thing for the Cardinals. I think normally 
a loss and you're coming home and you get to play on the short week on Thursday Night Football, I would say, yeah, the quick turnaround is probably a good thing. As a player, I'd want the quick turnaround. They look lost on offense, obviously, so that kind of is a mitigating factor here. But the Saints are beat up. The Cardinals are beat up. Both these teams desperate for a win. What specifically are you going to be watching for tomorrow night? Man, there can only be one. What do you say we roll that right now? What will Wolf watch? The Pass Part 2. have been many examples throughout history of people stepping up and becoming whatever those around them needed in critical moments. These examples appear in many different sizes, races, genders, ethnicities, religions, and positions on a football field. DeAndre Hopkins plays wide receiver and appears to be making his way towards a critical start in a pivotal game on Thursday Night Football. The New Orleans Saints come to town with a pile of starters and questionable health and prayers for Marshawn Lattimore in particular. You see, Hop is the Cardinals' passapartout, the key that unlocks all locks for the Arizona Cardinals, also known as a skeleton key or master key. The passapartout was used by the homeowner to lock or unlock everything in the house. Interestingly enough, the passapartout was also known as a pass key. The Cardinals are going to have to pass the ball if they're going to beat the Saints. Yay! And although they'll have to run the ball as well, the Saints' pass rush is in the middle of the pack along with their pass defense. Kyler Murray will need to get the ball out quickly, and the man they call Nuke will make that possible. Cursedly, there isn't much left after a nuclear warhead is tested. Most everything is flattened in the aftermath, and anything that isn't geological is gone. D-Hop metaphorically does this for Kyler Murray. Nuke gives Kyler a geologist's view of what a defense is doing on the snap of the ball. It's called a pre-snap read, and some of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game used it to great advantage. Isn't that right, Greybeard? One of the other definitions of a passapartout is something that provides a universal means of passage. And that is certainly what it seemed like when D-Hop was playing in games for Big Red. The Cardinals need direction and continuity on the offensive side of the ball and need to find their swag. <laughs> Nuke knows where that swag bag is and knows how to play with it. And you can see it when he's active. He was the center of their 7-0 start, just the way J.J. Watt impacted the defense with his intangibles on that 7-0 start. And I'm starting to believe the same exists for Hop. This is bad news for the Saints. When Hop is right, Kyler seems right. When Hop is quiet, Kyler seems right. I believe Hop is that universal means of passage this team needs. And that doesn't even count his tangible skills on the field. Those tangibles are legendary in this league and come together to form the shape of a key. As long as there is a bow, a narrow shank, 
and a flat extension on one side near the bottom of the shank, a key is often considered a skeleton key. And as long as D-Hop has hands, gets open, catches 50-50 balls at an 80-20 rate, and dictates coverage, he will be the Cardinals' pass-up too. This is bad news for New Orleans. If Marshawn Lattimore cannot play, their best corner won't be on a fresh, rested, coming off suspension with a lot to prove future Hall of Famer, and that's trouble. I could be wrong, but Thursday night is coming. Oh, it is coming, and this offense has been bad. What are we all going to say if and when it suddenly looks like October of 2021? The pass-up part two himself said... One person can't go out there and win a game, but it does help having someone like myself who can dictate a lot, dictate how a defense plays us. And who knows this better than Kyler Murray? Well, no way. Post again. No way. <laughs> the pass up part two. That's what I was just going to ask for. (laughs) So I'm glad we had that. Uh, You know, Wolf, a couple things stand out as your... You know that I wish, I just want to interrupt you, you know that I wish it wasn't the case. Right? Yes. I know know, know that I wish it wasn't D-Hop coming back as suddenly... But I have that suspicion that's going to be the well, case. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I, you know, said this a couple weeks ago. It's going to be kind of annoying if DeAndre Hopkins comes back and suddenly the offense is like, oh, we can move again. Because because it's not like, oh, the offense doesn't look right and D-Hop's going to get him back to normal. It's The offense is non-existent and D-Hop is going to suddenly flip everything. But that said, they need to turn their season around tomorrow night or there might not be a season to turn around. So feed him all game. And hopefully he is. Hopefully he fixes it. He flips everything. I hope it's the case. I'll be annoyed for five seconds. I'll get over it. <laughs> because here's the thing. Last year, Wolf, the season flipped. The season turned around. A.J. Green did not. Sorry, poor word choice there. But the season turned around on a Thursday night. Yeah, it did. It needs to turn back around this Thursday night. Wow. Otherwise, you Can are you in some serious trouble. if that trouble. were the case? Oh, how cool would that be? Basically a year almost How cool would that be if that were the case? Where suddenly they turn Can you imagine? Somebody give me the Kleenex. That would bring a tear to the eye if, in fact, that happened. Oh, my goodness. The Green Bay Packers game and suddenly D-Hop, who was having a very good year. And remember, Kyler Murray was spreading the ball all over the field. Remember all the receivers that were involved. And that was one of the reasons why I thought DeAndre Hopkins had this huge impact for Kyler Murray was the fact that it cleared up coverage and reading coverage a lot for Kyler Murray when you had that guy. That you knew they were going to have to do something to to take care of DeAndre Hopkins. They were going to have to do something, and he could he could read based on pre snap read a little bit easier what they were going to do, anticipate it, and then adjust from that point post snap. I know it sounds ridiculous to even infer that right now to a lot of people that oh yeah the Cardinals have looked. They've looked completely lost on offense, and it's going to flip around tomorrow. <laughs> and it may not. I, would, I, I get it. But I'll, I'm just going to say, go back to October 28th of last year. Cardinals come into that game 7-0, and Thursday night, at home. D-Hop gets hurt. They lose 24-21. And from that point forward, they still won three of their next four games. But from that point forward, 
the offense has not been right. And it would be sort of fitting if almost a year later it just completely flips again. Because we have seen it flip from arguably the best in the league for seven games to uh, what's going on to just awful. And it's just kind of been awful. So what's going to flip it back? If anything is going to, I think we would agree on this. If anything's going to flip it back, it's DeAndre Hopkins. The cult of personality or the passapartout. I still think that sounds like some sort of defense. The Tampa 2. Oh, yeah, right. The Passapart Of course, two. yeah, the Passapart 2, skeleton key. Uh, NASCAR Championship Weekend returns to Phoenix Raceway November 4th through 6th. The weekend will have something for everybody, from the diehard NASCAR fans looking to get close to the action to the fans looking for a fun, exciting family atmosphere. So head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win sold-out grandstand tickets. Okay, they're running it back, kind of. How different will the Phoenix Suns look this season? Let's talk about it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Sun's Day presented by Michelob Ultra. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, I don't know at what point of the uh, offseason this moment hit, Wolf. I think it, I, I know it was when we were out at State Farm Stadium. And you just kind of looked at me and you're like, you know what? I'm fine just running it back if I'm the Phoenix Suns at this point. Let's just run it back. And uh, I think a lot of people agree with you. I agreed with you at the time, except if you could get Kevin Durant. Yeah. Now I'm not so sure even if you could get Kevin Durant in the middle of January. I, I'm, I'm starting to kind of buy more into what Kellen has said. Kellen Olsen has been saying for a while that you, you make a big change midseason in the NBA. It doesn't typically result in a in a title, and it would have to, because how much more Chris Paul do you have? How much would you have to give up? Yeah. So the point is, they're basically running it back, except they're kind of not, because JaVale McGee's gone, and Jay Crowder's in limbo. Right. And it's, so it's not exactly the same, but yet here we are on the cusp of, of seeing the core of the Suns start to run it back tonight and start this new journey. Yeah, you know, of course, Cam Johnson is going to be starting and campaign. That means, my goodness, well, campaign return to glory from two seasons ago and play like he did two seasons ago. I cannot wait to see tonight what is going to happen. And as far as Kevin Durant goes, I'm really done with that. You know that I, I'm done with no, it. But you Listen, have been since about August. I yeah. Would say. Yeah. You know, I, I just honestly, I think um, I, I would be concerned about how he would impact the culture of this team. Now, we have to see them every year. It's a year-to-year proposition. It truly is. And even with Chris Paul here, I think we can see that it's a year-to-year proposition with this team coming together. I think we also would agree that the regular season is not the postseason. And the postseason is not the regular season. It's two different seasons for the most part. They almost need to approach this season, and I'm not saying this has to result in less wins over the course of the regular season, but they need to approach this season the way the Warriors approached last season. And I know easier said than because the Warriors are the Warriors. But the way you saw the Patriots approach the NFL season for a while there, where it was just like, not that they were coasting the first eight weeks, but they were using that, knowing they'd be in the playoffs, to work on some stuff. And then... 
really hit your peak right as you're going into the playoffs because the Suns last year, and I gave them all the credit in the world for responding to the previous year by setting a franchise record and wins, but they did not peak at the right time. They peaked right. well before the right time. Right, and I think that's something that's got to be an ongoing conversation throughout the season. Um, it's interesting because as we were talking to K-Ray, I threw out 62. I have seen one publication. I forget which publication it was that actually had them with 62. They're all predictions out yeah. there, right? I've seen it as low as 50. Have well, you seen anything lower than 50? I haven't seen lower than 50. The Vegas over-under was 52 and a half. I haven't looked in a while, but the Vegas over-under was 52 and a half. Last year, obviously, 64. Uh, Arizona Sports. Breaking news. Is this good? Yeah. Oh, okay. Beat the Saints. Yay! Okay, so um, ESPN's Field Gates just tweeted out that Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Marshawn Lattimore are out for Week 7 against the Cardinals. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, this this game has all the makings of an Beat game. the Saints! Yay! That's going to be stuck in my head now Thank for you. two days. Okay, um... I'm going to break a rule. All right. I'm going to break a Wolfly rule, a Wu Fang clan rule. This, this could be anything. By the way, yeah, no, I'm going to break it. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Michael Thomas out! Jarvis Landry out! Marshawn Lattimore out. That might be the biggest deal, honestly. Okay, listen, Ed, the rule, of course, is never. You, you want to play your opponent when they're at their full strength. You don't ever look at the injury report and cheer it when their best players are not out on the field. Don't ever do that unless you're two and four and things look really bad. Then you can do it. All right, because right now, those are big losses for the New Orleans Saints. What are you going to do? Start Andy Dalton? Why? Your receiver room is a mess. Yes, you have Chris Olave. But right now, no Michael Thomas. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe you're. <laughs> I can't believe you have this ready to go right here. I am breaking the rule. Don't tell me about the injury report and then get excited. Oh yeah, they don't have Marshawn Lattimore. Who are they gonna put on D Hop? Oh, you sit down and shut up. Are you yelling at yourself? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens. I walk around the compound mumbling to myself. Can't believe it. I, uh, I don't know why I'm this not more fired desperate. up about this. I think I need to see the Cardinals score points before before I can get too excited. You know what okay. I, I I thought about this driving over, Wolf, and I want to get back to the Suns because we're not going to have much time to talk about them and they play tonight. It's a bad dancing going on in the chair right now. But, so. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think both the cameras that were on you just broke. Um, three touchdowns. Is three offensive touchdowns too much to ask? Man. I would think three offensive touchdowns. Like, they'd be enough to win. Honestly, right now, you, you would have to think so, knowing that the Saints aren't a juggernaut right now, but you know, you never know about Crazy Carl. Crazy Carl might show up and suddenly the ball is bouncing on the ground. Somebody picks it up after it goes off an elbow, then a knee, and then some Somebody's dome, and the ball's in the air, and somebody picks it and goes the other way. Um, you know, you never know, but 
I feel like Crazy Carl is like a relative of Taysom Hill. Just knowing how important this win is to the Arizona Cardinals, um, yeah, it doesn't solve all the issues, of course, if in fact fact they are able to go out and beat the Saints, yay. Um, (laughs) It doesn't sound the same when you say it like that. If they are, in fact, able to beat the Saints, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah, I, I feel less... Of a man actually acknowledging the fact that somebody else. Oh, they're not going to upset Marshawn Lynch. Nobody on the Cardinals is playing other than DeAndre Hopkins. Shut up. Desperate times call for desperate measures. All right, back to the Suns here because I want to talk about Jay Crowder. And and what I was going to say, 64 wins last year. 58 the year before was the pace the Suns were at. So... 52 and a half does seem kind of low to me. I get it. That's probably more based on the Western Conference. I mean, teams are going to beat each other up. But the other thing I would say... What do you say? What do, what do you think? If I think you had 56. To no way. Because, you didn't say 56, did you? I mean, I think so. Okay, was that's one exactly what I had down right yeah? there. Wins. 56. Wow. Okay. How's that for a guess? Well, I still that's think... That's not a prediction, basically. It's a guess. It's a theory. The other thing you have to think about with these win totals is you're going to have, I don't know, six teams around the NBA just completely tanking the final month and a half of the season. We could pretend that's not going to happen, but it's going to happen for Wembenyama. We've seen it. We've seen it in the NBA. So we're going to see these games later in the season where it's like, okay, yeah, maybe the Suns would have lost this, but they're playing Utah, and Utah's running out five people from the crowd in jazz jerseys, and they get to play tonight. Uh, the other thing that I want to get to is something that K-Ray said that we didn't really get to react to, the possibility that, I mean, Jay Crowder's not on a different team yet. And man, that was what did we put it at last week? Like maybe three, maybe five percent. Yeah, I think it was five. I think it got up to five percent. I just there's this scenario where Jay Crowder, because Jay Crowder's not playing tonight. This is starting and he's just sitting around wasting now part of his career. If it really was as simple as, yeah, if you don't think I'm a starter, I'm out of here. Okay, well, is Jay Crowder going to want to go play for a bad team where he's going to start? I don't think so. So then is he going to, he wants to go play for a contender where he knows he's going to start, but these teams are set now for the season. Yeah. I'm just saying there is a possibility. I could see this scenario where Jay Crowder's like, you know what? Rather than go play on some team's bench over in the Eastern Conference, how about I just come back and play for the Suns? It's probably going to be three minutes less a game than I was playing last year anyway. Yeah. It's just possible, I think. I hope. You know what? Give give it to me right now. I mean, listen, no Hollywood Brown. The Cardinals don't have Hollywood Brown. Are you? They don't have James Conner. Are you kidding me? It's not like the Arizona Cardinals have Rodney Hudson. That's kind of a Justin Pugh. It's not like they are running a healthy team out there on the field either. So you know what? I'm going to enjoy this, Marjan Latimer. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this. You're out for the game. Well, that's too bad. Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, I'm sorry to see your season has been so rocky, up and down, but you know what? We're going to party. That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to party because the Arizona Cardinals finally have played a team that is suffering the way they are from the injury report. Thank you very much. All right, coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.